What's going on, everybody? You've got the cardboard coaches here with your boy, Coach Go. A 20-year member of the KISS Army, you are dealing with the sports card cartel. Nice. Team, today we've pretty much dedicated the entire podcast to talking about market trends in some facet. So if you're looking for tidbits, if you're looking for stuff that's going to help make you money, I think today's podcast more than other podcasts is probably going to help you do that, to be completely honest. So coupled with some thoughts we have on uh, some other elements in the hobby this is going to be a tidbit show you're full be, of tidbits you're going to be pulling stuff out of it left right and center too bad not tidbits there's no timbits brendan are there timbits do you have any timbits i don't know how many people uh in the u.s know what although t- tim Hortons is is it's in the u.s those little little tiny delicious donut holes it is literally a donut hole speaking of sweets dude i have the last few oh. days, man. I Happy have- belated birthday to Coach Co. Thank you. I'm who pounded back sweets with his raging metabolism and uh, demanding lean mass that needs calories. It looks like you did a really great job the other day, uh, just just shoving stuff into the mall. You, you uh, saw cookies. I saw pizza. It was, uh, it was a tough, it was a tough day, you know, we, uh, but I found a way to balance it all out. So working we'll out. circle back around to that when it comes to fitness. Yeah. 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 100%. But man, did those, Ooh, those cookies look good. Good time. So we're going to talk today first about a few auctions that the cartel was watching over on Friday night. Um, and these were auction, auctions specifically um were they just hockey young guns or there was a few others i mean we can just talk about look i yeah i I don't want to specifically point out who it was but yeah they were mostly it was mostly a hockey auction with modern young guns there is a consigner out there who seems to be focusing on that and while it's not all bad news for them uh, they, they've been running a lot of clumps of auctions. And one of them, I noticed they happen to run at an inopportune time. And if you watch the cardboard coaches, you know that I rant a lot about eBay and how to best take advantage of it. There are some very golden rules when it comes to eBay that have been established over the course of a lot of years at this point. I think eBay has been around now um, for a good almost 30 years at this point. This is a platform that's incredibly powerful. Prices are going up, by the way. I'm sure you got that email. I got that email. Yep. What isn't? What what prices aren't going up these days? But uh, this isn't. A, this is a powerful platform that. Remember that anytime you bemoan the eBay experience and you threaten to move on to another platform, the first thing people tell you is, "Do you want millions of eyes on your stuff or not?" And that's really what it boils down to, right? Yeah. Um, I think the smartest way to use eBay is to always have it in the background when it comes to larger cards. I I love the buy it now best offer option. There are tremendous opportunities for, for auctions when they're timed correctly, when they're timed correctly, nothing beats an auction. Nothing beats having people engage in a bidding war. Especially if it's a card that like everyone's going after, you know what I mean? Like 
And that's kind of like, if we talk a little bit about, again, trends, like if you're seeing that, for instance, a BGS 9.5 Marner is just flying off the shelves, you know, just like everybody is talking about Mitch Marner. Everybody wants a piece of Mitch Marner and like you can't buy a card fast enough before someone else does. I think that's a good opportunity to throw that card into an auction. You know what I mean? Yep. Um, Unless you have a a, a high buy it now and you're like shooting for the stars and you're like, honestly, I don't expect to get this, but if I do, I do. But if you get cards that, I mean, let's say for instance, Andre Svechnikov. I think Andre Svechnikov is a fantastic player. I think is he, you know, I think he's going to be a, a perennial goal scoring threat moving forward. But personally, I just don't know how well a PSA 10 Svech is going to do at an auction right now. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, an important element there would be volume, right? Like if, if you're sitting, if, if, if in this case, you are the seller of the Svechnikov or are you the buyer? Are you the seller? I'd say I'm the seller. Let's say I'm the seller. If you're the seller, you know, and there aren't a lot of comps. Now this, you know, this harkens back to discussion we had previously when it comes to cup and, and future watch. If there are not a lot of comps and there's not a lot of current auctions, that may be your opportunity because by putting it out there as an auction, that's going to set the market. And particularly if everything else is lining up, if the player is playing well at that time, man, if you have a seven day auction going and on day four, Austin Matthews scores a hat trick and you're, and that's a, a Matthews or sorry, going back to Svechnikov, Svech scores a hat trick. You've timed it perfectly. Um, and you're going to create a nice bidding war. But if the volume is high uh, and let, let's say there's still not a lot of comps, but there's three or four on auction, you might want to be the guy who sets a high buy it now with OBO to take on the remnants of those auctions, right? Because there's going to be some disappointed people that get locked out at the last few seconds or they get outbid. That's where they might reactively come crawling to you. Uh, not necessarily crawling. They might come walking. You. With I, don't know, I, don't want to, I don't want to paint the picture of collectors crawling. and yeah, They're going to be coming with open ask. arms to buy your product. There you go. They're coming to you with kisses and hugs. Now, the golden rules that I mentioned are there for a reason and they're established. All right. I'm not the only one giving this information. Could I have written a manual on this 10 years ago? Probably, but those manuals are out there. And we know that there are particular times of day and days of the week where you want to set your auctions up. Hear me now. Those days are Sunday night and Monday night, sometimes later than you would think because you want to capture the East and the West. So surprisingly, it's usually later times like a 9, 10 p.m. finish on a Sunday or a Monday to maximize your potential returns there. Um, That's just how it is and how it's been. Uh, That's, that's well-researched and well-documented. So if you're ending things, I'll give you uh, last night, I missed an auction that I'm so upset about. We all go through this. You are planning on it. You've been thinking about it all day, but someone texts you, you get involved in something else. I think for multitaskers like me and, and Brendan, uh, like uh, Brendan, you can appreciate this. I, I was working on a client. I, I was uh, getting a new client. Nice, congrats! And my my mind just completely switched over to the task at hand when I knew that I had like a minute left in that auction. I don't have major regrets as a result of that, but uh, it was a combination auction that had an OV rookie card and an OV autograph. And I'm going to tell you, it went for about one third 
of what I think it should have gone for and one half of what I was willing to pay. Damn. And uh, it was, it was, it was a beauty. I'm telling you. Um, but again, why and is that sc- happening? And he scored again yesterday. Why exactly? Why? Yeah. That, that rubbed salt in the wound, but why is that ending on a Saturday? It was ending roughly around 7 PM. What's happening Saturday at 7 PM. The games are just getting going. It, it is a time when people tend to congregate or, or, or talk or discuss things. I'm, I, I might be pulling that out of my ass. Doesn't mean everyone's on the phone, but at 7 PM on Saturday, especially in a non-lockdown time, we would be gathering. We would be getting ready to do something. Yeah, but the last, I think the last thing I would be doing is like checking yeah, eBay. Though. At 7 p.m., right? Yeah, and, and again, and hockey games are just starting. There's so much going on. I know for me, even being alone in an apartment during a lockdown, I had a bunch of different things going on. There was a UFC show getting started. It's like, um, dinner, and it's it's like dinner time. You know what I mean? Like absolutely, you're, missing, absolutely. you're missing out on all these people that like, I mean, maybe that that person doesn't buy, but maybe one of them, uh, like, you know what I mean? Like of all the things we just mentioned, all the reasons why, you know, you might want to push it back a little bit. Like, don't you want to maximize the opportunity? And And honestly, I think that like, and I I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, because you've been in this thing longer than I have, but I think that Friday and Saturday nights right now seem to be all about breaking. Like if you sure, look yeah. on Instagram, for instance, and you, you know, you follow a few card accounts, like the live, the, the live thing, the, the, the notification for live, yeah. so-and-so is live. So-and-so is live. So that thing goes freaking bananas on Friday and Saturday evenings. I was, I was in a break uh, at an insane time last night. It was really late and people were still popping in just to, just to check it out. Um, and uh, yeah, I was, I was in one very late last night. And again, that timing was really good too. That was a West coast breaker who realized that there were fights and hockey games and he started his breaks after that. But in the case of getting back to that original consigner, it's a consignment account on the Friday night listings. Um, they were selling a lot of key cards that are key markers in the hockey market. So what I mean by key car- key markers, <laughs> hockey is really easy in that sense. Our key markers are Connor McDavid, Austin Matthews, Nathan McKinnon, to some degree, other kind of key, key rookie cards uh, and, and how they're performing come from like Crosby and Ovechkin because they're, they're cards that aren't that reliant on the current, on the current uh, performance by the player, because they're kind of, they're keys that everybody wants and everybody looks at Yeah, and they fluctuate, you know, like, uh, man, we've been talking about the Matthews now for weeks on our podcast back down to around 1600 us it peaked at 2000 came back down he's playing okay the leafs aren't playing as well yeah anyways all these auctions popped off friday in the evening they all went for much less than they had previously gone so now when people are looking at comps and i mentioned this before as well on cardboard coaches when you're looking up comps was it a completed sale how was it listed who listed it do you consider it a comp if if you're you know you you bought some baseball cards from me the other day if you're looking at comps and you see one that's really low and you say well Aton I don't know man I don't know if I want to pay that price because this one was so low but then you click it and you find out it was sold by a guy with zero feedback yeah or it was sold by a guy with a lot of negative feedback then you see one that's really high and you're like whoa well he listed it on a Sunday night and he's actually a good seller so that might be what the actual maximum price can be. Yeah. in all of the 
good circumstances. But uh, it really messes with everything and it messes with the market because now you're seeing comps on items that were not sold in an ideal circumstance. And the other thing that upsets me about that, as someone who used to be a consigner, and to a a degree, I'm open to, you know, I, I do consign for friends and things like that on my account is the fact that you've placed trust in a company and an entity. I don't know what to call it. Some people do this legitimately and some people don't. That's another thing to remember yeah. about cards. Uh, in one day, you could be dealing with a businessman that's been doing this for 20 years on the up and up and does it professionally. And then you can deal with a 13-year-old kid who's just trading cards with you. It's a very unique scenario that not everyone goes through it depending on their hobby or their job. So if I'm trusting this consignment company, man, you better be doing everything you can to maximize the value of my item, right? PWCC and Probstein started many years ago and had to create an element of trust and an element of showing value one way or the other. There's a lot of talk these days that showing that value now involves a lot of sketchy stuff, like shill bidding and and all sorts of other things. But the reality is they – they established that regardless of who they were. Yeah. Uh, I'm not 100% sure about Probsty, but the people that started PWCC, and I'm just putting it out there, I'm, I'm done with the, these soft takes, by the way, Brendan. I'm going to get even more upset than I usually am because I feel like I've been soft with certain takes of mine when I shouldn't be. I shouldn't be giving leeway in certain situations. Just, PWCC just, does not... Just speak your mind, you know? PWCC was not created by a bunch of dedicated, genuine collectors. There are people that saw dollar signs and, and that's what they're in it for. Okay. How do I know that? W- what evidence is that? Well, when I, have you ever received anything from, have you ever bought slabs from PWCC? Uh, you mean like without any plastic on them? And uh... so, Well, if you've bought the slabs, then you know how they ship them. Okay. So it's a good thing I've got my, my scratch remover because, you know, that's why scratch remover came to be was because of PWCC. Uh, I'm going to talk about that video again, where the, the guy in the vault is just throwing the cards around. Look, I don't care what the explanation is. Yeah. This was featured on, on, a, on a big site and there was a lot of discussion about it. I don't care what anyone says. I don't care if they're like, Oh no, he's some guy's buddy and he knows what he's doing. No, you're not going to convince me. It's okay to throw slabs around like that. No, it's not. These are not hardcore genuine collectors. These are just people that have gotten into it because there's money involved. Um, so I do kind of, I take it, I, I, I'm upset for people that use a consignment service. And again, PWCC knows when to list auctions. They, they know how to get value. I'm talking about this one particular smaller consigner who didn't do any favors for his clients or, or her clients um, by listing when they did. So it's just another warning for people to make sure you're doing business with the right people. There's so many people offering consignment, offering PSA grading. By the way, I personally, just, just because of my gut instinct, Brendan, I'd stay away from these guys who are like, I have the latest technology from, you know, the Zurich Institute, and I will analyze your cards. With a big monocle? The, the more fancy you get, the more you're, you're actually making me nervous. Because, first of all, if, if, if anyone is utilizing these services, I would hope you go through everything that you need to go through as an individual to prepare your cards. You've done this, right? Yeah. I think our last couple of orders, you didn't need me to go through all your stuff. Like you've, you've done the work. Yeah. Now let's send it in. Um, but these guys were like, send it to me. I'll charge you extra to go over it. And then I'm going to use my kaleidoscope on it. it. It's 
But yeah, like, what happens like, if you send it to them and and like, do, will they be honest with you and say, "Hey, listen, by the way, I don't think this is gonna grade well." Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think this is probably an eight because yeah, and chance, I, mean, I mean, they probably won't because they're gonna miss out on your money. You know, like why? Ah, very know? good point. Very you know? good point. Um, also, what happens if you send it to them and they've got like an eight on them? And, and Bro, like and they're like, you know what? You know it'd be nice if I I'm not sending this guy's eight for a yeah. nine, you know? Uh, like, if it's not serial numbered, you're not getting my card. I, I don't I can't say this enough. And 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 everyone's gonna say I'm cynical and I'm negative. You know why? Because I've been doing it decades, not I didn't come into this in 2020. So that's that should be the whole point here, shouldn't it? If we're, if someone's watching cardboard coaches this this morning or afternoon or whatever it is. Listen to me. I, I don't care if it's your buddy. There's something in all of us. And it yeah. comes out a lot. And I mentioned this last week. It comes out a lot in the, in the, in the hockey baseball card industry. I'm sorry, folks. Um, opportunities, um, deception. It, it's part of the game. You have to be aware. And uh, the concept of especially a stranger, my non-serially numbered young gun, it's not happening. And it's it's you're, you're weighing this 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 situation where someone want if someone truly wants to create a great reputation yeah they're, they're going to be careful about that sort of thing but what about the stories i hear about are someone's someone's already created the reputation and then something happens and that places you in an even more awkward position because now no one's going to believe you yeah so you got a serial numbered card you got something special go for it go i understand it. I, I have mentioned i understand the use of these services I get it. If life is, is too busy and you need a consigner, find the right consigner. If yeah, you need do use, your research, man. And that's, I think everybody, everybody needs to take a step back and just evaluate whether or not they are putting in the most effort they can to make the most money they can. Okay. Or, or to get the best product they can, right? Like there's think of this as like a job and you you're not going to get paid full dollars for half-assed work in anything you do in life so those who put in the work you know inspecting uh, ebay listings going through the sellers uh being very specific on when they list things those are the people who are going to profit the most so these success stories you hear about all these people that are making money let me tell you, they're not the people who just buy any random card, send any random card to any random person and allow that random person to list it whenever the fuck they want. Yeah, there's, there's a strategy and there's research and there's making the right moves. Put in the work. Stop being so damn lazy, man. And looping back to the breakers that you mentioned um, and the fact that I was in a late night break last night. Again, uh, choose the right breakers. We, we've, seen, we've seen what can happen in the world of breaking. I've, you know already blacklisted, I've blacklisted like four or five breakers yeah, where I'm like, I've taken crazy. losses because I'm like, I still haven't seen my fucking cards. One of them in particular, December. It's March 14th. March 14th. And I still haven't received my cards. And, I, and people, people need like, to know, you know that. What? People need to avoid that. Um, you know where I would start? Start by, you know, it's funny. You get, you get these DMs. Hey, cool page. Come check out this page. Or, you know, hey, would you like to be in this break? Like, what, what, what baffles me is, and the funny thing is, I was in a football break uh, last night. 
although I don't do much football. And if someone didn't know me at all and just checked out my page, the, the thing I have the least of is football. Yeah. I don't know how anyone can see my Instagram page and then DM me and say, Hey, do you want a sight unseen stranger? Do you want to be in my football break? And it's just maddening. It's like you, you, you clearly, and, and they'll, they'll follow me. They'll like some of my stuff. And then they'll ask me, they'll butter me up. And I'll be like, how can you not tell that likely I'm not interested in your football break or your, your, your DMs real quick. How many, dms do you think that you have right now are like random group conversations with just just a link attached uh yes that's another popular one that's <laughs> like what the fuck is happening i thought you were also going to ask me about the influx of dms and again i i look peace and love folks and i love the community and i love helping out i'm actually going to try to catch up today i don't have to but i will getting a lot of like who are you buying who are you investing in that's a good problem to have I, I suppose, I suppose it is. Um, and, and I think it's mostly kids. Mostly. Maybe, I, maybe I'm just the chooch that responds to everybody, you know? No, listen, you, you should. And I, and I do my best. I, I really do. I just, I hope that some people, by the way, some people will ask. And when I, when I do the thing where I get busy and, and I get back to them a week later, they're actually totally cool with it. There are some people that push a little bit. Um, the people that push a little bit, think about what's going on here. You're, you're asking for some advice. I'm, I'm going to get it to you eventually. Why are you pushing me? There, there's no money involved. There's not that there should be there. There's, there's no time limit involved. What don't don't. And I'm I assuming think, that I think it's uh, a lot of that is just like them wanting to make a decision, but having no faith in their, you know, like right. yes. they, they, they don't want to blame themselves if it goes sideways, you know, yeah, like, a lot like, of times I'm telling you a lot of times it's just like, Hey, what are good hockey players? And I'm like, listen, first of all, that's a long answer. Like I can give you a bullshit short answer. I could just tell you to buy Connor McDavid. Yeah, exactly. Um, but uh, yeah, anyway, that's not really what I want to focus on today by any, by, by any stretch of the imagination. But um, one, of the, one of the things I would do is I'd look at, look, we had a great guy on here, electric uh, cards. If you, if you look at his stuff, this guy is a passionate collector. I know his favorite team. I know favorite players um he clearly loves showing off stuff that he gets um he was a collector first right we know tyler hip was a collector before he opened hga so if, if that person is a collector has a passion for things i know that they're going to handle the cards the right way i know that they're going to be able to talk about the cards the right way you know it's funny like i i i don't know if you've done this brendan um i've thought about doing it i want to i'm always careful with solicitation i, I generally don't solicit yeah uh, People generally come to me, uh, but for personal training, I mean, if, you know, if someone who's in the hobby, you know, if you're talking to someone in the hobby and say, listen, come, come train with coach co um, wouldn't it be cool to be able to talk about your favorite hobby with someone who can speak the language. That's, yeah. that's really cool. That's like an added element. Yeah. Um, so, so I want someone who speaks the language. I want someone who is passionate. That's going to be my breaker. Right. That's going to be someone that I trust. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to take a look at what their following is like. Is this someone who's likely to screw me over early on? Some of the first earliest, earliest breaks I got into really nice graphic design, beautiful logo, three to 4,000 followers. They fucked me. Okay. So that's not, it's not just, do they have followers? It's not just, does it look fancy? I mean, my whole thing with the cartel, especially early on was the low tech look. 
Yeah. I was drawing. I actually have some classics here. One day they will be auctioned off because they're pieces of art. You know, I drew these charts because I don't have a graphics guy. I don't know how to do anything involving technology past 1994. <laughs> and uh, I think a lot of people appreciated that. I kept it simple. Um, I don't want to put out this image that's, that's forced that like a lot of these breakers have done like yeah. these logos, man. Like you think that this is like a, this company is, is this giant, giant conglomerate and they, you know, it, they're just breakers, right? Like I, I want to see that there's passion that they are collectors, that they understand what's involved here. I, you ever do a break and they're just like flipping through the cards, but we're just looking for hits. We're just looking for the big hit. We're, we're doing really strange things with the packs. We're throwing them around. Uh, electric, look, for, say what you will about it. It takes a little longer. After every pack, he's sleeving and top-loading hits. Yeah, He's taking his time. The Zamboni comes out, the famous Zamboni, where he clears things with a, with one of those like lint rollers. Lint roller, I think. That's great. And, and by the way, a lot, of his, uh, a lot of the people getting hits will report back that they rated PSA 10. I mean, th these are the things that you want to see and hear when it comes to breakers. Now, getting back to the market, <clears throat> which is what we do want to talk about, Brendan. I like it. Breaks, unleash cards onto the market. See how I'm linking things? Um, when, a new, when a new product comes out, consigners offer product, hopefully achieving the prices that are truly reflective of what the true value is so that comps make sense. And... Um, and now we, we want to discuss what we're seeing individually, right? Like when things are peaking, when things are coming down. Yeah. I mentioned to you what I'm noticing right now. Football prices are on the way back up and we're in the off season. Hockey prices are somewhat softening and we are in the season. Um, so I'm, 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 no, I'm trying to pick up on these certain trends because there used to be a very simplified way of looking things, buy in the off season, right? Sell during peaks and during hype and during the season um when are we getting into vintage when are we getting into new stuff what are some thoughts you have on that given what we're seeing i'm finding that it's becoming a little more unpredictable so let's use baseball as an example um baseball playoffs i didn't really see massive jumps in anybody to be honest i think uh one of the biggest jumps i did see was maybe uh Randy and because Corey, it was such a performance and Corey Seager and both of those, like, I mean, I don't know if anyone's ever going to have postseasons that those two guys had, like they went like back to back. Like I think now Corey Seager has the second most home runs of all time uh, in one playoff run. And Randy has the first, you know what I mean? Right. They were going literally back and forth the whole playoff. So those two guys got big jumps. Um, but any of the other players that were involved in the, the postseason really didn't see much. Um, and then heading into the off season, it was very, very, very quiet for four or five months. And then as free agency started to heat up because baseball free agency is so long, I find like, I find yeah. like it's very seldom does do the big names sign on day one versus <laughs> like the NHL where on July 1st, like most of these sought after free agents are at least in the first week, they're all gone. Do you know what I mean? So it's not quite the same 
trend as the NHL where everyone loads up in the first week. And that's, if you're going to sell, don't like sell on the first week of free agency, because that's when people are, are most excited about their new team. And then two, three months later, it's completely irrelevant until the season starts up again. And the guy scores a goal or something. Um, but recently up until the, the baseball season starting, I've been seeing over the course of the last month, prices go up dramatically um, specifically in, in certain prospects. And I'll, I'll give you one right off the, 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 the top Bobby Witt jr. Hit a, uh, I think it was a 480 foot blast, uh, had two homers in three games. If I'm not mistaken, he's a, one of the top prospects in baseball, um, top prospect for the Kansas city Royals, who by the way, are not projected to be very good this year. Um, hey, listen, good point you throw in there. Let's look at teams. You in know, addition. like, how about we just mention that for two seconds? Uh, anyway, his PSA 10 was, I believe, $180. Um, and it's currently sitting at 450 I think. And this is a guy who's never played a single, and just for the record, the only real PSA 10s we're talking about here are his Bowman Chrome first. Um, because he has, doesn't have a flagship. He's never actually played in the MLB yet. Right. <clears throat> but uh, So you're paying three times your money for a prospect who's never actually played. But this is just one example of, of the jump. I've seen Corey Seager go up. We've seen uh, Lindor, when he, when he signed, uh, shot through the roof. The Arenado trade bumped his price up dramatically. I know you were the, super pissed the, off uh, about the that. Otani. Yeah. Um, just using the base update flagship, which is a card, I am not proud to say that I, I've had a lot of them, and the lowest, but the highest I've sold them, were probably around 150 US. The, the the lowest was not long ago for about 25 US. Not proud to say, uh, that that was an auction. That was a mistake. Um, that reached about three four days ago, 130 US, and it's back down now to 80 US. That's hyper reactivity yeah in the market that we're seeing uh the guy smashes a home run then he tosses lubov a home run and literally we're seeing that you know and i think uh what we're getting to is probably the best time to be selling is i think going into the season i think before anything happens and then, and then alternatively, I think the best time to sell after this would probably be with like 30 games left and there's some pedigree behind people's stats. And, and then we start to see who our favorites for, for uh, you know, awards are because like that there is a slight bump for, for players who are going, you know, the most home runs, highest batting average, you know, most stolen bases, stuff like that, that notable stats. But I think, uh, you know, we're, we're, we're closing in on the, high, the peak in terms of – because there's just so much hype for baseball going into the season. And, and, and I just don't know if an individual performance, because there's 162 games, if it's going to make a hell of a difference, unless the guy is on an absolute night and day, night and day tear from like a seven-game stretch – you know, let's say the guy was injured last year. Let's give maybe Glaber Torres for for instance. Let's say Glaber Torres out the out the the gate, you know, hits four home runs and he's he looks like a an MVP type candidate. Baseball, 
they're not stupid. Like people who collect baseball for the most part aren't dumb. They don't, they don't jump on these, these like, Oh, the guy hit like six home runs in, in the first 18 games. Like you didn't see Nick Castellanos last year popping off, like his cards popping off when he hit 10 right. home runs in the first right. 18 games. Yeah. Even Abreu, Jose Abreu, did, he won an MVP and you didn't see people like jumping to, to buy Jose Abreu cards. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So, Baseball they, collectors are, are some of the, uh, you know, biggest analytical minds in the hobby because of the fact that the, the statistics are so analytical. And um, that's true. I, I would just make a couple of slight alterations. I think you're pretty much spot on. Um, you know, I try to think back the, the the beginning of last season, the shortened season, there was a continuation of the preseason hype. And the best example I can give you is, and it's funny, you mentioned the postseason didn't do much, awards didn't do much, and that was the case in 2019 as well. I was expecting big pops on Cody Bellinger that we didn't see, you know, after an MVP performance. And what we did see was during the preseason hype, his flagship PSA 10 was at the highest it had ever been. And that trend continued into the first couple of weeks of the season, which by the way, were, were not very good for Bellinger. Uh, he had a very slow start, but it's, it was kind of this stubborn hanging onto it. And then it took the dip. So I would actually add that it's still a great time to sell. There's so much hype. People are yeah. so excited and so happy to see baseball. And don't want to miss the train, particularly on the big names, right? Like there's there's always activity on Soto and Acuna. And then you mentioned someone like Abreu gets going and people are not watching as closely. That can be a function, by the way, of a lot of new collectors, I think. The new collectors, if a baseball person, if a new baseball collector comes over from the basketball world and sits down with us and says, who do I focus on? Who Most people are going to mention Acuna, Soto, and Tatis. That's what they're going to focus on. So you're going to see all that activity. So I would, I would argue a couple weeks into the season is still a fantastic time I like it. to sell. And then, yeah, towards getting – you kind of want to keep an eye on teams because you want to have players that are on teams that are going to get into the postseason because you do see some postseason bumps. Yeah. Um, in hockey, never forget, you know, the, the reaction to Dominic Kubalik's um, first couple – first round. In, I think in um, personally – at least from like talking to people who don't watch baseball as much, um, like some of my friends, I think once it get the, those teams get to like the second round, I think that's when like hype really starts to, to generate. I think yep. uh, I don't I don't know, man. Personally, like the, at least some of my friends who don't watch 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 baseball, but they do watch it like as the playoffs go on. They uh, when the season when postseason starts they just they're not really into it i think because typically uh there's a lot of other stuff going on if their team's not in it they're not into it um yeah that's also i think it's it's usually the the beginning of the nhl season too like uh it's like a first few months in so it takes uh it just takes effort to watch it not for myself but i mean like just for like the everyday person um and I don't even know where I was going with that, but I was—I just wanted to kind of make a note that oh, that's what I was doing. If sure. if you get someone who's gonna be playing in the second and third round, you know that's that's the money shot right there. You know, like 
And I think, um, and I'm just going to throw this one out there. I think Polar Bear Pete is, uh, is set to just pop off again. I think, you know, what was this high? Because you were in it during, uh, was it 2019? Well, the funny thing is, I, I, w- I wouldn't say I was in it. I, I, uh, I, got, into, I got into Pete a little late. Because I, 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 don't, I don't really know what the market was like. I can imagine. Don't forget, it was also pre-COVID. So it may not have been as reactive when he was yeah. in the 50 home run range. Yeah. I got in because what I noticed was in the, in the, uh, in the 2020, in the 2019 off season, in the 20, in the, in the off season before 2020. Yeah. In looking at stats and looking at prices, it, it didn't make sense to me how low he was. Yeah. I was picking up his stuff at incredibly low prices. I was focusing on the, on the gold rookie cards. Because comparatively, especially at the time when a Bellinger gold was going for 1500 that's come down quite a bit, by the way. Yeah. Uh, it didn't make sense to me that, that Pete Alonso would just be a couple hundred dollars. So I, I picked up a lot of those. Um, he, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a guy a lot of people are talking about. As a potential yeah, I, I didn't move him low. I, I didn't touch his stuff when he was having trouble last year. Uh, so I am hoping that he picks it up. Uh, he's still a good buy right now, Yeah, I would say. I'd say he's well, a great one to potentially pick up. Especially if uh, if the Mets do what uh, I mean, the, the management spent money on the offseason, man. So they uh, yeah, these, yeah these, these players we're talking about. There's all it's all it only benefits you if you really want to catch uh, Acuna or Tatis hype, and they go deep in the playoffs. That's that's a big deal um, because they've been around for a couple of years now. Yes, it's all about individual statistics and things like that, but but winning a championship is a huge feather in the cap. And, Especially uh, in a city like New York, you know what I mean, like, dude. Oh yeah, for sure. It, it's. Uh, I don't want to talk too much about the Mets being successful. I have a cousin who, who would love that, but I'd rather, uh, <laughs> I'd rather that he continues suffering like us Maple Leaf fans suffer. <laughs> That's just me. But, <laughs> but speaking of the Maple Leafs and speaking of hockey, we are what about about the crack crossing the halfway threshold of the season? Uh, things are starting to pan out in terms of what the playoffs might look like. Series two is about to hit Tuesday, I think. Right. And everyone's going to be chasing uh, Mr. Kaprizov. Everyone's going to be chasing. What is it? Stutzel? 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 Yeah. yeah. Schnitzel? I'm be a schnitzel. Tim Strudel. I'm going to have a schnitzel and a strudel while series two comes out. And I don't even know if I'll be cracking any of it. Pre-orders are probably right around the same price as the series one box at this yeah. point. Hey, maybe we'll be able to buy packs. Maybe stores will be open. Huh, I don't know. But um, have you seen the case count today? Seventeen hundred. Is that that's is that bad? That's bad. I mean, it's like double. It's almost almost yesterday. Almost double. Okay, there's no escaping it. We are duped. (laughs) But uh, I do know that four one games. We can at least walk in there today. Um, Yeah, the retail's open. That much. Retail's open. Yeah, four one games. There could be ten people there, but we cannot work out in a gym. Anyhow, yes. Um, yeah, a lot of excitement about series two, um, Leafs fans still hanging on to hopes here, although it hasn't been a smooth sale recently. Uh, don't know what was going on yesterday, man, with, uh, with those Winnipeg jets, but, uh, how are you feeling in terms of the hockey market? I, I, again, uh, the reason why I brought up that consigner is because they, they are selling a lot of market indicators. I am noticing that the market indicators are for the most part keeping their strength. I've seen a bit of a dip in Connor, which is funny because the Oilers are playing great. Uh, the Oilers at this point are, I believe, just behind the Leafs. The Jets have a couple games in hand. Um, it's tight 
it's tight. Um, but I have noticed those key markers, uh, by the way, can be potentially chalked up to a little bit of season fatigue. Uh, there's been a lot of market action. Um, but how do you feel about what you're seeing in terms of uh, sales and the so, way the hockey market is going? Vintage is not running up as much as I thought it would. No, it's not. And uh, I think this comes back to what we were. First of all, I think that it, as much as we want hockey to, in terms of like the card values, to be the equivalent of all the other sports, I really just don't think they are. I think it has well, to do with what's never going to happen. The NHL marketing strategies are awful. Quite honestly, I think um, that there's just not enough revenue. Like the, the league just doesn't generate enough revenue. What do you think about the ESPN deal? Is that going to affect things a little bit? It should. I mean, I mean, it'll put it on, on like us TV and that that'll be important. But at the same time, I just, Maybe one day, I just don't see, I mean, like there's guys like we talked about before, Kucherov is one of the best players in the entire league. And albeit he is injured, but his PSA PSA Uh, tends like 300 bucks. He was gone for a while. Miko Lettinen, same thing. Uh, Not Miko Lettinen. Um, Miko Rantanen, same thing. Andre Barkov, Alex Barkov. What is wrong with my names today? Um, But like, these are guys who, I mean, let's call some of them like, Trey Young's and yeah, like you just don't see like the love. You just don't see the love. And I saw Mitch Marner nine five gem mint uh, BGS go for I think it was five hundred fifty dollars. And the guy is like third in the league scoring. So and and in the, in the most prominent market in yep in arguably hockey. And I think that's down. Yeah, I would uh, hope that I would hope that might be collecting fatigue or something i mean look let's let's just talk about rantanen that that is a card that has doubled in price since yeah. the offseason but it's, 10, still, it's doubled to a it's still i think still disrespectful well, well, i think your point your point is if you took a player like that and trans modified that onto another sport especially given like first of all like who who is justifying paying 500 or more for a petterson young gun and you're paying about 200 for a, a Ranton and Young. So that I think that's what you're coming from is that yeah. there should be more of a magnification. Even though I was telling people to buy this guy when he was 70 and 80, and it has doubled in price. But yes, um, I agree with you. That, that I, still, you. I think we just, we need, hopefully next year, and honestly, like I can't even tell you who's going to be first overall next year. Can you? Uh, as far as the draft goes, that's not my forte. You no. see what I mean? So like... We just, we need somebody in the first round next year to make a massive step in their first season and create that damn hype. Hopefully laugh next year steps up too. And then all of a sudden we have like, boom, 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 three series in a row, depending on update, we'll see what happens. But three series of, of cards in a row that are, are, you know, hot. And we just need hot, hot cards because right now, we just don't have them, you know? And, and as a result, I think the market in general is kind of down on hockey, to be honest. I look, we could potentially be looking at some good things down the line. I'm trying to be positive about it. I know for sure. Because uh, if, if, if the Oilers and the Leafs can perform particularly, particularly in the playoffs, those are the teams that are kind of 
important in this market. Yeah, no, I, um, I mean, I said if the Leafs play the, the Oilers in the first round, last last podcast, I said if that happens, it's game over. Like it's uh, it's or second round or wherever the hell you want to play them. But if yeah. that happens, it's going to be yeah. madness. Yeah, there's there's the ESPN deal. There's you know getting people out to see games again. I I I, I know a lot of new hockey fans that I've met on Instagram. Uh, coming over from other sports or just saying, Hey, you know what? I, I think the jerseys look cool. I like the concept of hockey. There were some fun hockey news tidbits uh, back in, in the off season. Uh, there wasn't there a football player who got on skates and, and did a few scrimmages just to kind of see if he could play hockey. I don't remember who it was, but yes, there seems to be more interest. And, and the thing is they want to get to the games. They want to go and experience the games. Um, I think the ESPN deal is, 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 is solid. Um, I, I, I put a lot of expectation on upper deck. I can't say enough about dropping the ball, man, to have a, to have a major card shop, you know, drop a video where their, their clientele are not getting hits in their artifacts box, man, you just drop the ball, you know, meanwhile, they've got, they're opening a panini basketball box. They're pulling a $10,000 card. They're, National you know, treasures, you know what I mean? Like Panini National Treasures, dude. Like I see on, I know, almost every week someone I've pulling seen a one. A lot of posts about the cup. Have you like oh. cup breaks and cup hits and occasionally here and there I see it. I saw it, Lee that, post. Lee posted an outrageous Olive Sin patch, man. Yeah, he, he yeah, it's it's he always gets the best stuff. <laughs> the thing <laughs> is, you see that here and there, but it's like. National treasures and all these big, big, like everyone in basketball is going for that and, and getting involved in it, talking about it. Whereas in hockey, it's like only a certain sector of yeah. the collectors in hockey are getting into the cup stuff and it's kind of its own thing and it's yeah. intimidating for some people and it's expensive. Yeah. Um, but, and then, and then just because of the nature of hockey, like Matt is a great example. That's going away into a closet. You know, like it's getting a big hit, going away in the closet. There's not a lot of market activity. There's not a lot of comps. I think, I, I don't know what to do about that personally. Um, there, there's not a lot of product. When you think about it, Upper Deck's not releasing a ton of hockey. I mean, there's there's going to be Premier, in terms of stuff that's just below the cup, Premier, um, some other ones as well. I, th- I guess they introduced Stature. There's that. Yeah. But uh, there's always something, seems to be something lacking. I don't know what it is when it comes to those. I, I almost think I, 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 it's not a hot take, but it's almost like maybe it's time for some other license, someone else to get the license and play around with it. There's something stagnant. I can't yeah. really quite put my finger. I don't know either, man. I, I think it all it just has to do with the, like the hockey market in general. Like, and like, these are coming from two diehard hockey fans. Like I love hockey. I absolutely love hockey, but um, it just, there's, I mean, I think people will get more hype for like Tim Hortons hockey cards than they do about upper deck ones. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, like upper deck. And that's very regional and very specific. Right? You know, like it's, I don't know. It's something special. But uh, speaking of uh, specific, today, today's fitness tidbit is all about following specific guidelines for diets. And what do we mean by this? We mean we're talking fad diets. We're talking about all those crazy things that you read and see and all these things where you're not allowed to eat after 2 p.m. and you drink three liters of apple cider vinegar. And what? 
<laughs> fat diets, like P-H-A-T, like fat, like that's fat. F-A-D, fat. Oh, fad, fad diets. diets. Fad, fad diets. diets. Wow, that's fabulous a- diets. Okay. Fab. You know, I think the first time we talked about this, I do think I said fab accidentally, which would be hilarious because they're probably marketed as fab diets. Fabo. Um, look, here's like, before we get deeply into this, um, intermittent fasting does work. We know this. There's enough research on this. There's actually some very profound results that can come with intermittent fasting. Um, let's just start with that. Uh, what, because that, I think that's the biggest fad right yeah. now, other than gluten-free and Talk to me a little bit about how you feel about intermittent. I mean, what we really have to be considering here is accessibility for the average person, accountability. How do you feel about intermittent fasting? So intermittent fasting is something that holds very true to my heart. I hold very true to my heart, very dear. Um, Because I have tried, I would like to say, almost every single fad diet out there Really? Uh, in an attempt to just just learn, just you know, experience. like maybe try for like two, three days and you're like, ah, see what happens. Actually, um, I think you're right. Uh, I know. I mean, I, for one, know I, you followed the you, you followed the uh, fitness competition diet. Yeah. Yeah. Which it's, is also its own thing. So. And I just because I just like knowing and I like I can't I can't talk about something unless I've experienced it myself. I like I like to educate myself before I start giving opinions and I want to see how I feel. And, uh, I, I name mainly talk about how I feel, because I don't know how you're going to feel when you do stuff and, and regardless. So yeah. when it comes to intermittent fasting, uh, and, and for those of you who are unaware, uh, intermittent fasting is, uh, eating for a period of time. And then, and there's a, a period of time, not eating. Now there are two windows, if I'm not mistaken, officially, um, a six hour window and an eight hour window of eating. If I'm not uh, Right. Correct me if I'm wrong. Sure. There, there, there's a window of options there. Perfect. The window is meant to it's be smaller out. than the amount of time that you're not eating. So you're, you're not eating majority of the time. And one of the reasons why this works, actually, the number one reason why it works is because realistically, if you're only allowed to eat for six hours a day versus eating for, let's say, 18 hours a day, the likelihood that you consume less calories is quite high. You know, you're not going to eat as many calories in six hours unless you go out of your way to do so, in which case you will feel like shit, I promise you, to eat as much as you possibly can in six hours versus 18 hours. Um, Not to mention our bodies are meant to have a period in which we're not really eating. We don't have to constantly be shoving food in our mouths. I promise you that, you know, unless you're some sort of high profile athlete or, you know, elite athlete that your body doesn't need that much fuel. So if we go back to thinking like food is fuel, as much as we do enjoy eating, food is ultimately fuel. And chances are you don't need to go to the gas station, you know, every five minutes to put gas in your car because you're really not driving that far. Just to put it simply. Now, my experience has been wonderful. I think it gives me, um, and, and it's not hard nose, but I just know when personally I can cut off my eating. And so for me, I usually start eating around when I wake up at 6am or 5am or one of the two, and I'll stop eating around 4.30, 5 o'clock. 
sometimes earlier, sometimes later. It, it really depends. But usually it's 12 hours in which I'm not eating. I'm not a snacker. Um, but I do know that when I do eat like this, I feel leaner the next morning. I visibly can see, you know, less body fat on me. I don't feel bloated. I don't feel bogged down. I also le learn to enjoy breakfast. You know, I, I, I look forward to breakfast when I don't eat so late. And, you know, looking forward to breakfast kind of helps me start my day um, on a, you know, high note. But it also gives me energy throughout the day for when I need it. I don't need energy before bed. I need energy to tackle my day. Yeah. What Absolutely. about you? How, um, how do you feel so, about? Well, I, I, get, I, I got, this is the funny thing. I've never done proper intermittent fasting. Uh, I'm so detail oriented that uh, the problem for me starts when I start arguing with people about coffee. Because uh, a lot of people do intermittent fasting, but they don't consider coffee to be a problem um, in starting their day. Whereas I, I have read some research that it does kind of by getting the metabolism going, you're defeating the purpose. Uh, and if I can't have my coffee to start the day, that's a massive problem. Yeah. Um, but in doing all that research, you find that not only are people losing weight and getting healthier on an intermittent dieting scheme schematic but in a study of lab rats they found that lab rats actually were growing lean mass just on account of of the the eating schedule and they had they had two groups doing the same amount of exercise and so there's so many interesting things about the way the body responds to intermittent fasting uh, i think it's great for people i i i have a digestive illness um and people that uh, suffer with that. Sometimes eating early in the day is, is problematic. So that can be a very good option. Um, and it just puts you in a, 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 it puts you in a position where you're just avoiding some of the pratfalls, like, like doing too much carb intake in the evening and things like that. I think it's tough for a lot of people, the average person to just jump into, I think it is. Yeah. You know, you, you, you live a certain lifestyle, Brendan, and you've yeah. experimented with all this stuff and you also have a degree of, uh, stick to it, stick to itness that a lot of people don't. Um, so I think the only drawback would be, you know, potentially just, just being consistent on that. I think a lot of people get a very rude awakening when they go the period of time without eating. Um, and it can just rebound really hard. Like when it's time to eat, the floodgates are open and it's a disaster. I certainly don't favor it. I favor it as something for an athlete going through um, phases. And the average person doesn't look at going through phases and that's fine you, you don't have to yeah um the, the fitness diet that you endured and that i endured once uh, because i wanted to know what my clients were going through was easily the most successful thing uh and i, I did for about six months and there's phases you spend a first phase of a couple months where there's a little bit of a higher carbohydrate intake when you're quote-unquote building a lean mass then there's a couple months when you're slowly bringing the carbs down almost to nothing it's very high protein it's just very clean of course, you're going to get results. Of course, you're going to look great, right? And, and that's why, so if I've got this thing where it's like this really crazy measure your food and be healthy and then intermittent fasting or some other fad, I, I think people are more likely going to gravitate towards this side. It's a bit more accessible. I'm not saying it's easier, by the way, but it's a bit more accessible. And it's preaching the kind of thing where 
I know how, how tough it is to stay away from cravings and things like that. So it's the concept of 80% of the time you're sticking to a really healthy plan. And then 20% of that time, and again, be smart about it. Like if you're going to have the pizza, have the pizza on a heavy workout day and you can still enjoy things. Cause it's very hard to say to someone, stop eating these, these yeah, things. Yeah, of that course, man. Eating and that you love. And I mean, like if we look, even talk about like, we go full circle and talk about me yesterday, you know, like I, it was my birthday. Like I'm not going to, as much as I care about fitness and I'm, you know, I vanity and you know, how I feel and look and all these things matter to me, but like, ultimately, like, I'm not gonna, I don't, I didn't over, I didn't go bananas. Like I, I, I don't think I put on 10 pounds yesterday, but I'm also, I'm going to enjoy myself. And like, it's ultimately any fad diet, it's about balance and it's about finding something that works for you, for your, you know, like your schedule. If you've got kids and like you can only eat in certain times and your, your fad diet says that you got to eat on off times. Why are you making your life more difficult? Find something that works for you. You know, like it's, um, it's really just about accountability, you know, to you because no one else is going to hold you accountable for, all the, the chocolates that you sneak in or Unless you, know, you the, hire them, the chips, but even then, like they can't, they can't, That's they don't true. know They're what you're always... doing at night. You know what I mean? Like they still yeah. have no idea what you're doing at night or when, when you're not in a, in a session, right. Yeah. You still have to be honest with yourself first and foremost, before you're honest with someone else. Um, yeah. And secondly, I think ultimately just finding something that's going to work for you because the last thing you want to do is, is be that person that every time someone sees you, like you're up 10 pounds, uh, down 20, up 15, that it's, it's also not very good for your hormones, to be honest. It's really not, yeah. And really uh, not. I think a lot of people have hormone imbalances already, especially during COVID because of stress. Cortisol yes. is a massive hormone. And by the way, if you're not losing any weight, it might be because of cortisol. Yes, especially women. They, and they um, finding ways to manage that. But like cortisol is a stress hormone. And so when you stress your body out by these like fluctuations in, in eating and eating a lot of carbs all at once and all these things that are going to force your body into like hormonal imbalances, your body yeah. has to find a way to reset itself. And that is stressful. And so it, it may be one of the reasons why you have extra body fat or, you know, you find yourself super tired is because you're just not consistent with whatever That's you're good. doing. That's a good point. Um, I want to add to that, you know, not only, not only is it bad to go up and down, uh, as what you outlined, um, there is a very real thing called the set point theory. It's not much of a theory. It's reality. Your body is going to settle down at what it's used to. If you've been overweight for four or five years, I have news for you. Your body likes it. Your body enjoys it. Your body will fight you in your fight to lose the weight. Um, so you, you got to take every advantage to keep things consistently moving. If you are starting to lose the weight, realize you should be super proud of yourself, particularly if you're in, I'm assuming I'm speaking to people that are maybe a bit older, not in their teens, not in their twenties. If you've been sitting at a certain weight, your body plus or minus five pounds wants to stay there. You have to fight really hard. So if you fought really hard to get to the 10 pounds off and then you loosened up a bit and went back, you're playing this like horrible game. With, with your body, you're pissing it off. And then the second time you want to lose the 10 pounds, it's even going to be more difficult. So you kind of want to keep it going consistently um, and not get into that bumping up and down. 
Now, remember IIFYM, Brendan? That was a big deal not long ago. If it fits your macros, man. If it fits your macros, actually. So I want people to think of think of eating situations like if it fits your macros as almost like a reward. Like it's very tempting. So if it fits your macros, the concept is we figure out what percentage of macronutrients, let's say I'm going to really off the top of my head here. We're going to go, uh, what are we going to do? We're going to do 40, 40, 20 uh, protein, carbs, and fats. Beautiful. Just off the top of my head. And then my we're going to- My favorite. Then we're going to utilize the tools we have to figure out what calories you need in each of those sections of what your total calories are. People can do that. You can learn about it yourself. You can go to a professional, whatever it is. And now you can fit any type of food you want into those macros. Now, if you decide to have that McDonald's meal for lunch, you've probably hit your maximum in the fat and carbs. And now you can only have protein. And once those numbers are hit, it's over. Stop eating, sit down, shut up, drink some water and go to bed. Um, that's not maybe the best thing for someone who's having problems with snacking yes. and who is overweight right now. But if we start by just doing some healthy eating, or if we start with intermittent fasting, we get to that point where we've lost 10 pounds. We get to that point where we're working out because that's very important. IIFYM, IIFYM is going to be a disaster for you unless you're working out. Yes. And if you are consistently working out, then you can reward yourself with a program that does allow a little bit more leeway. Um, again, some of the fittest people I know, and that includes Brendan, love snacking, love delicious foods. Love life. I love it. And that's part of loving life, right? Is eating delicious foods. And sometimes people are baffled. They're like, how does someone with visible abdominals get to eat this stuff? It is a process, man. It's not gimmickry. It's not some sort of fake out. It, it is a, it's a process that you get to. It's also um, just time, man. And I think people are just impatient yeah, in general. Patient. They're just impatient in general. Everyone wants everything so quickly, but yeah. it's like, it's the process that, that allows you to learn the lessons you need to learn in order to get to where you need to get to. Like, you know, like, it's almost like, like every body tells a story and every person tells a story and like, like even, you know, CEOs and whatever, like, like managers, they all, the reason why they're there, some of them, I mean, nepotism and we won't get into that, but like, I would, I would like to believe that majority of the time it's because that person has had many life experiences that have resulted in, in them getting to a point where they can solve a lot of problems. And I do feel like people need to start doing that for themselves. They need to start yep. like venturing outside their comfort zones to find solutions and then, you know, maybe fail. And I say fail very loosely because I think true failure is just not trying, but learning something from, from that failed experiment and saying like, okay, this worked, this didn't work. Let's use this and cut this. Yeah. Go through that process do the research, reach out to people. You can always reach out to Coach Coat, Sports Car Cartel for more details. Yep. Um, look at your favorite athletes that you're collecting. Uh, put them on a pedestal and say to yourself, you can be, you can be in that shape as well. Um, you know, and, uh, and think to yourself about what's coming up. Uh, I know for myself, one of the things I'm excited about when it, whenever it eventually comes back to us here in Toronto are the big shows. I look forward to setting up with uh, with Coach Co for the first time. Yeah, and I want to look good. I don't want to look like I've been I've been deteriorating in which I have been in in lockdown. I want to look like I at least did a little bit to take care of myself during that period of time. And I, I want to go through the show without having a hurdy back. 
I want to go through the show with lots of energy and I want to look good for the show. I really do. Um, and, uh, you know, just sometimes it's simpler, the better, just, you know, what you're eating. That's real food. You know what you're eating. That's not real food. You know what, if you're, if it's in a fancy package with all sorts of plastic and metal and you're, you know, what's good and you know, what's not. I agree. I couldn't agree more team. All right. Enjoyed that spiel. I hope you enjoy so many, so many quality pieces of information. Not only this episode, but go back and listen to others. If this is the first time you're tuning in, we give you nonstop knowledge so you can make decisions. That's Lots of tidbits, maybe less timbits, more tidbits. Please, less timbits, please. All right, team. I hope you guys have a wonderful rest of Wait your day. Wait a minute. Day. Coach Co. what do we got coming up? That's right. So for those of you who stayed up until now, guess what next week? Next week, we have the Rob G tuning into the podcast. We are going to be interviewing him live on Cardboard Coaches. For those of you who don't know, Rob G is the owner of the most expensive sports card ever bought. Is it the ever most expensive? Most expensive, sir. Goddamn most expensive which i'm excited we're gonna ask him what he thinks about the hobby what he was thinking when he bought the mickey mantle and also where his story we want to hear his story all right team i hope you guys have well, cbd as well and some Dude. of those other fun things hey oh i'm excited it's gonna be fun I hope you guys had a wonderful rest, or I hope you guys do have a wonderful rest of your day, week, month, year. Nothing but sunny skies ahead, I promise. And uh, keep it real, team. Excellent job. Take care. Coach Cole, out.